You know, there's times where it's, uh, it's easy to receive things from God. There's, there's been times where, oh yeah, I can believe God for that. And then there's times I think it's harder. See? But it's me that does that distinction. It's not God. It's me. I could tell you, I mean, just, I don't, I've lost track. I, I suppose I could keep a log of how many times my little kids have gotten sick. And I, you know what, I'm, I don't care. I just had this thought run through my head. If you brag on this, you're going to get sick tomorrow. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm not. You know, that, um, I'm just going to brag on God a little bit before we get started. <clears throat> There's so many times my kids have tried to get sick. You know, and, and you, you get that kind of sinking. I don't get that sinking feeling anymore, but you know that sinking feeling when one gets sick? And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> How long is it going to take before it hits that one? And then that one, and then that one. I have, com- I, I just tell you, I, my soul is completely retrained. I don't even think about it anymore. No, it's stopping right there. It's not going to get passed on. I got faith for this. We're going to squash it like a bug not going to stay sick. Praise God. So I, those little rounds of stuff, it doesn't take weeks at our house. This is God. Everybody say God. This isn't me. This is God. This is just trusting in who he is. That's all it is. There's nothing, nothing. God doesn't love me anymore. I'm just, I've gotten to the place when those things try and make their rounds, they get flattened. And one of the things that came to us when we, uh, when we went to Tulsa for the Young Adults Conference, the very first day we got there, Josh was sitting, we got him, you know, pancakes at a pancake house, and he's sitting, I don't feel very good. First day we're there at the conference, you know, ready to do God's will, ready to see things happen, pray, you know, excited. And, you know, my little kid gets sick. Start, and that day, he, actually in the uh, restaurant, he threw up, you know, and that set in. And here's, here's the decision you have to make. Where are you going to let your mouth run? Are you going... See, we, we don't think our mouths have any power. That's the problem. We don't think anything of our authority that we have in Christ Jesus. We don't think anything of the importance of who you are. Now, there's two things that the devil lies about. Two things. Everybody say two things. He lies about who God is. And he lies about who you are. You, you is. <laughs> he lies about who you are. Okay, those two things. And he will either give you a faulty image of God, or he'll give you a faulty image of you. Right. And the enemy comes, and he comes with circumstances and, and a picture of things. And when that happened, I had a choice. You have a choice. Everybody say choice. Where are you going to give your mouth? You have that choice. And we don't think it has any power because we, here's what we like to do. We like to step into the prayer closet and we'll say the churchy things inside the prayer closet. And then we step out and then we talk real life like they're different. Oh, we need to pray for, we need to pray for healing. Okay, now we know the right things to say. Now we say it in that context and then we hop out and then we'll talk about things like they really are. Anybody else do that? <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> I did it. I do it. All right. So you hop in and you start talking the good talk. Or here's a, we come to church on Sunday. Yes, praise God. I know those verses. Then you hop out. 
well, you know, we're really, we're really not doing too good today. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you can't acknowledge facts, okay? You, you have to, I'm not into burying your head in the sand kind of Christianity and calling it faith. I don't believe in that. If I'm sick or if I got a terminal condition, I want to know what it is. I'm not going to pretend like it's not there. You tell me. Tell me what the facts are. You let me handle the truth part of it. Okay? It's not about ignoring things and hoping it goes away. Okay? I've seen people die that way. That's not faith. But you take what God has given you. Everybody lift up their word. And you shape your world with this. You take... This is a sword, is it not? What are you supposed to do with a sword? Are you supposed to put it behind your back? No, you're supposed to go to war with it. You're supposed to fight with it. What's fighting for? It's to change an outcome. See, we have this passive view of God, like whatever he wills, will, will. that takes all of the responsibility and puts it on Christ, and he has already paid for it. No, see, we have been given an authority. We have been given choice. We have been given trust and faith or doubt and fear. You have that ability. And I'm real good about these bugs that come around. When Josh got that, I don't know what it was. It doesn't matter. It's every, it's every time it's something different. We had another one when we went to Florida. And I said, no, no, no. <laughs> and one of them, see, when Josh started throwing up, I had a choice because everybody asks, how is Josh doing? And I can say, oh, well, he's doing all right. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to keep the kids separate, you know, trying, you know, talk about, got to contain and got to quarantine. Well, do you have authority over it or not? Could you see Jesus praying for the sick? <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to go there. All right. Can you see him putting a hanky over his mouth? <clears throat> Now just stay back. Let me pray for you. <laughs> Is that authority? It's not. If you can tell it to go, it's not authority. If you can tell it to go and you're afraid of it, who's got the authority? Now, this is just where he's at with me. He's like, why do you with one hand prepare for the worst and with another hand prepare for the best? See, what your double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Okay, now you know where your faith is at. I'm not saying that you can't find some kind of middle ground, but at some point, you're going to walk across the threshold and say, I'm not afraid of that anymore. And I don't try and keep my kids separated. Drink out of cups. Just go ahead. Drink out of all the cups. I don't care. This is going in Jesus' name. And I, when, when people are asking me how Josh is doing, I says, oh, it's okay. It's just a one-time thing. It's not spreading any further. That's what I was saying. And he had that for one day. Everybody say one day. Less than 24 hours. The next day he's completely fine. Nothing else. Nobody else got anything. Praise God. And that doesn't matter. You just, it's a bug. You know what you do with bugs? You squash them. And you go on to the next one. Every year, the ants try and colonize my house. I kick them out every year. It's ultimate authority. Ultimate win. I always win when it comes to ants. I always win when it comes to sickness. I always win when it comes to the devil. I don't care what the circumstances. I, everybody, let's all say this together. I, I always, always win. win. Does everybody believe that? Yeah. See, 
and you have that mentality, you start to gain ground. The things that used to stop you don't stop you anymore. Now, see, I, I'm, I'm giving God the glory for that, but there's things that I'm still trusting him on because I make a difference in my head that this is harder, and it's not any harder. <clears throat> I have a, a, there's this lower back pain that I've been dealing with for some time, and it's healed in Jesus' name. Now, it's taken me longer, but it's still going to, it's still going to lose. I don't care how long it takes, it's still going to lose. And I'm going to walk out of it. I'm going to be free from it. I'm still going to win on it. Amen? Doesn't matter if it takes a month. Doesn't matter if it takes a week. It's not about the time. It's about the trust. And we're going to trust him with that one, and we're going to go on to the next one. Amen? So like David, he started out with bears and lions. He says, well, I'll just go on to Goliath. It's no different. I trust God with these other things when nobody's watching. I'll trust God with this one when everybody's watching. Praise God. We have that victory on the inside. You have been made more than an overcomer. <clears throat> um, I believe you can be, oh yeah, we're going to go to John chapter, I think it's 17. Go to Gospel of John 17. Before we read this, um, as we were worshiping, one of the things I heard was that it was just, I'll just say what it was, it's the sin of um, getting used to it. The sin of getting used to it. And uh, it seems like no matter where we go when, when we travel, like say you go to the Rockies, okay? Anybody ever seen the Rockies? They just, now to us in Iowa, we go to the Rockies, we just stand there in awe, you know? That's incredible. And the first thing you want to do is you want to get closer to them. You want to just, it's just, oh my goodness. You know, and you go up there and my wife and I, we paid. <laughs> we paid that $70 to get on that cog railway to go up to the top of Pikes Peak, you know, and pay $20 for donuts or whatever it was up there at the top. <laughs> you know, just take my money. I want to go up to the top of Pikes Peak because we're just, we're not, that's not possible here, right? What a, what a treasure, amen? And we just, we just ate it up. We just soaked it up. We went up there to the top of Pikes Peak, and they said on a clear day, you can see grain towers gleaming in Kansas all the way over there. That's what they told us. I don't know. <laughs> because this, you're way up there. I don't know exactly how high it is. 18,000? Is it something like 18,000? 14,000. Okay, I exaggerated. 14,000. And, you know, the breath, your breath gets taken away and it's 80 degrees down at the bottom and it's 20 up there and you're just, oh, you know, you take a couple steps and you got to, oh, you know, because this incredible. And, you know, I, I'm talking to people that live there. Oh, I haven't, we don't ever go up there. You know, or at one point, now my family is more, they have kids now, so they, they take them on mountain trips and stuff like that but at one point we went there and like wow we really don't ever go up to the mountains we, we live here you know anybody ever notice that phenomenon wherever you live you get used to it and you don't appreciate it and so whether it's the mountains or whether it's the ocean or whether it's uh you know whatever kind of uh, really unique things they have that they get used to it and they don't they don't cherish it anymore and and i believe that the church has done that with with being born again 
I believe that the church has done that with what Christ did. And there's this sin of getting used to it that we don't stand in awe of and we don't appreciate exactly what he did. And I, I believe he's going to instill that in us to, again today. That kind of awe and wonder at what God did the day you got born again. Because we think we understand it and we do somewhat, but we don't. Because there's a, there is a power. Everybody say power. And it's not an earned power. It's not, a, uh, it's not an attaining. It's not a five years from now I'm going to receive something. It is something that he gave you as a gift. That you were created in the same way that my kids wake up every day and are full of life and joy about whatever they're going to get to do. They don't even give any thought. They don't, even, they don't think about what they have to eat. They don't think about what they have to put on. They just wake up and they're ready to play. They wake up and they're ready to, to enjoy life. And that life was given to them completely free. They didn't earn it. They were just born into it. And you were born a child of God. I mean, what does that mean to be born again? You are God's son, God's daughter. That is, there is a power. Everybody say power. There is glory that you have been given because he decided to birth you. He did. Everybody in John 17? You remember that place where he said, in the same way that I was sent into the world, I send you into the world? See here, let's start in chapter 17. We'll do verse. Hmm. I think we'll start in 16. I don't want to miss anything because John 14 through 17 is so good, but we'll just, we'll just do stick 16 for this, this morning. John 17, 16. Now he was speaking of his disciples, but I also want you to know not just the disciples that were there, and in part, he was saying all this, not by faith, but by the reality that he understood, Jesus understood the reality that he was about ready to make it possible for everyone to be born again, including these 12. And so everything he's saying, he is saying it as though it's already accomplished. And I believe in his heart it had been accomplished. Okay? He was going to go to the cross. That's, and so everything he is saying, he is saying as as and describing as those that have been born again okay now look let's read this together verse 16 they are not of the world even as i am not of the world okay sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth as thou hast sent me into the world even so have i also sent them into the world And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Now, what does he mean by that? What is is the sanctification that he's going through? The sanctification that Jesus went through is he went to the cross. He went and and he took the keys back. (laughs) He died in your place. He substituted everything he was for everything you were, and he was obedient even unto death and he went through that process for your sakes and he says here okay 
and for their sakes I sanctify myself that they also, everybody say also. So we're, this is us, this is what he did for us. Which all, which, okay, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Now look at this, verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone. In other words, those here that are with me right now. I don't know what Jesus had planned, but he knew that this was re- being recorded or would be recorded. And he spoke it this way for you. Everybody say me. He's, this, he had you in mind when he said this. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Verse 21, that they all may be one. In what way? What oneness are we talking about here? that they all may be one as this way. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. So in this way, he wanted unity. In the same way that he was with the Father and the Father was with him, he wanted that same unity for you. Everybody say me. That you and the Father could have fellowship. That was not possible. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in who? Everybody say us. He's talking about God here, okay? That they also may be one in us. That the, to what end? To what end? That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Why did, why did Israel believe that Jesus was sent by God at all? Because how could any man do the works that Jesus did except God be with him? God, you know Jesus of Nazareth, how he went about doing good and healing all those oppressed by who? The devil, for God was with him. God was with the man, Jesus. And God is with you, son and daughter, right now. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And I'm just going to touch on this. This isn't the message today. But don't get the cart before the horse. The goal is not unity. My goal in my life is not unity with all of you. That is not. Everybody say power. (laughs) See, my goal in life, my primary goal is not to be in unity with all of you. That is not the primary goal. That may be a secondary goal. My primary goal, your primary goal, is unity with your father. If your primary goal is to follow him and to have unity with him, the secondary goal will come online. But if you attempt to compromise that primary goal with unity in your father, if you attempt to compromise it with unity with others, then you're going to have a broken foundation. Your primary goal is unity with the father so that you can achieve the secondary goal of unity with your brethren. That's how that works, okay? Don't sacrifice one for the other. You see institutions doing that in big church institutions doing that. Um, Okay, I'm just going to leave this anonymous, uh, but you know, and, and I don't remember the exact 
organization name, but the large Presbyterian body, the large one, the, the national body. This is an example of this, okay? <clears throat> they decided, and, and, and one of their hallmarks, what they believed was a strength, was their diversity in doctrine, okay? That there was all of these different belief systems, okay? And so we can appreciate what you see and what you believe, and we can appreciate what you see and what you believe, and guess what? All the beliefs are contradictory, but we just appreciate them. Well, what did Jesus say? A little leaven? Leaven's the whole lump, all right? So they... Somehow, though, they got an agreement because they couldn't put their foot down on anything. They got an agreement that it is okay, that homosexuality is okay, not only in marriage, but also in the pulpit, okay? So that is an example. That is an example of how do we keep everybody together because we care more about the clout we carry with this mass of people than we do about what we believe, so we are going to sacrifice unity with the truth for unity with the body. And let's just celebrate everybody's diversity. But you have separated yourself from the truth. You've separated yourself from unity. I would rather stand alone and stand with God than I would stand with a thousand and be wrong. Amen? I just, whatever number. If God before you, who's going to be against you? I... Abraham Lincoln says this way, it's not, I'm not trying to figure out if God's on my side. I'm trying to figure out if I'm on God's side. That ought to be your heart. Let's get the priorities straight. Amen? Okay. End of footnote. Next, this was not the message. We're moving on. Okay. <laughs> that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me. And, and God knows Jesus didn't mind offending people. Okay. <laughs> And I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe. Praise God, that's power. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. How are they going to know? See, because we already produce, we already produce giant organizations that hold hands together in some form, but they don't necessarily get the world to believe that God sent Jesus. You need, everybody say need. You need oneness with the Father to achieve the goal and the will of the Father. I had a minister say it this way. He says, ministry, everybody say ministry. Ministry is impossible without the working of the Holy Ghost. In other words, if God isn't working with you somehow, then ministry is not taking place. If you're doing it on your own volition of your own will in God's name, that's not ministry. If you're doing it with him, because he said, then ministry is taking place in some degree. Praise God. That's unity. Now look at this. This verse 22. I didn't say it. I don't know, I don't know if anybody believe it, but Jesus said it. Everybody say Jesus. He's the one that said this. And the glory which thou hast gavest me, I have given them now what's the context here them who the 12 no them everybody that believes on me that's what he said okay them everybody and the glory which thou hast gave it to me i have given them that they may be one how 
How, see, we can't be one with the Father without the glory of sonship. Without Jesus making a way for you to be a son and a daughter, there is no oneness with the Father. That was the problem. But because he gave you his glory, then you now have the opportunity to have oneness with the Father. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. So even as he and the Father were one, he's given you his glory so that you and the Father are one. Now, <laughs> I dare you to walk around and talk to I just dare you, you're going to hear the, the mouth of the devil. Come, go tell people that you think are Christians. Now, they are. They've just been deceived into believing they're not worth anything. But you go tell them, oh, I have the same glory as Jesus. You, you, I want you to record their reactions. I want you to take a picture of their faces. I have, did you know that I have the same glory as Jesus? <laughs> you're going to cause trouble. Don't do that. You can be nice about it. I'm just saying it that way. And see, if I'm really going to be truthful, when the rubber meets the road, sometimes we don't believe that. We, you know, but it's true. Everybody say true. See, and if I can, here's, here's the challenge. Do you acknowledge what the word says or do you acknowledge how you feel that day? Because tomorrow you're going to feel differently. So let's go with what he said. Amen. The glory which thou hast gave us me, I have given them that they may be one even as we are one. Now I want to do a little uh, thought experiment here. Let's just say uh, somehow possible for Natalie, okay? Natalie's downstairs, all right? So I'm safe to say whatever I want. <laughs> She's watching, never mind. <laughs> what would happen? <laughs> what would happen if Natalie somehow could give me her glory? who she was, the glory that she had. If she could, I give you, Father, I pray that you give Richard my glory. What would change? If that could happen, if she could, if she could give me, what, are you, what is he talking about when he says I give him their glory? Well, what would I get if Natalie gave me her glory? Well, I would have the ability she would say it's not an ability, it's a choice. <laughs> but I'd have the ability to cook really well. I'd have the ability to make crawfish etouffee. And it would just be the best thing you ever tasted. And then I would never make it for you ever again. <laughs> no. I'd have the ability to never let any circumstance ruffle my feathers. Because that's my wife. I have never seen her in, in 10 years. I have never seen her just lose it. I've never seen it. And she just has this. I would have the ability to interpret every negative thing and see it in a positive way. I would have that. I'd have that ability if Natalie gave me her glory. I'm not going to go into any more. <laughs> so we're going to stop with those. Those are all good things. Right? Let's see, if, if I had, if Natalie could give me her glory, then I could be who she is and I could do what she does. What did you get when he said, I give them the glory that I had with you? 
What did you get? You'd be thinking about that, okay? And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, and they be, that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, and if you had any questions about what he's talking about, the kind of unity right here, I and them, and thou and me, that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. There's another good one. Let's say that together. Let's say that together. We're going to say this. God... Loves me, loves me as much as, as he loved Jesus. Jesus. See, how come? Because it's not based on your performance. It's based on you're born again. Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> Isn't that good? I don't, I, we, we could stop right there. We're not going to. But I have this confession that I want to share with you. And uh, I had it, here it is. This particular confession sheet is titled Mirror Confessions. And if you'd like a copy of this, we'll make it available on the website attached to this message. Uh, but we'll also print them. We'll print them and we'll have some available next week. Are they already out there? No, they're, they're still there. Okay. There's confessions out there. This one in particular is not out there. But I want to read through this. This is all scriptural, 100%. Okay? But I guarantee you, if, if you're like me, you read through this, there's going to be things that you're, on the inside, it's going to be like, oh, is that true? Right? Because we, there's still growth. And when you feel that feeling on the inside, like, oh, can I say that? That's because you're not used to thinking that way. And that there's a transformation that has to take place. There is a change that has to take place because the day that you got born again, you were created in the same image of Christ. You were put in him and his life was put in you and there's not an ounce of difference between the glory that he had unless you think God did not answer that prayer, then he has given you, everybody say me, the same glory he's given each and every one of us to be sons and daughters and walk in unity and to be sent with the same capacity as he was sent. And it's not earned, it was given. Either accepted or rejected. But he's, that when they asked, how do we work the works of God? He says, there's only one work. This is the work that you believe on him that was sent. It's not about what you do, it's about what you trust and believe. All right, now, we're going to get to this. If you believe, then you're going to walk in what you believe. You can't be saying one thing out of your mouth and then go doing another and call it believing. That's called hypocrisy. That's called greasy grace. If you believe that you've been set free from sin, then you better walk free from sin. You cannot fool God. You cannot say everything and then in the closet be somebody else. But he's calling us to a life that exemplifies everything we believe we want to believe and where he's going to call us to a life where we exemplify that everywhere. That there is no hypocrisy. There's no double standard. There's no praying or saying the right things in one place and then we'll put on our world garments outside of our prayer closet and we'll believe something else or we'll say something else. See? And he, 
he's getting on me <laughs> in a good way because he's telling me, he's like, you have to all the time, if you believe that you are healed, then you cannot with one side of your mouth spew out, you know, what does it say? He says, a, 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 the, uh, the fountain can't yield both sweet and bitter. It's got to yield just one. Amen? All right. <clears throat> We're going to read this. It's called Mirror Confessions. And I'm just going to read through this. And then at a point, I'll ask you to repeat after me. And if you believe what I'm saying, that it's scriptural, then you can repeat after me. Okay? Regarding the passage of scripture, 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so are we in this world. Understand John meant what John meant by that. He meant that as Christ is, so are you, while you are still living in your mortal body. Everybody believe that? It's not, not in the great by and by, it's right now. As, as he is, so are we in this world right now. Everybody say right now. So, okay, and then, then written here we have 2 Corinthians 3.18. I'll just read that. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass or in a mirror, okay, in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. By what method? Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So these here are mirror confessions so that when you look in the word of God, which is the mirror of who you've been made to be, then you say what the mirror is showing you. You have been given his glory. So what things can we attribute to ourselves since we've been given his glory? Let's say these together. This first part is for Jesus. The latter part's for you. You are the son of God. So we're going to say it this way. <laughs> All right, I'm not communicating very well. Let's say, let's say it for Jesus. Okay, you are a son of God. I am a son of God. You are holy. I am holy. You are sanctified from this world. I am sanctified from this world. You are righteous. I am righteous. You are raised from the dead. I am raised from the dead. You have already been crucified. I am crucified to the world. You have already died to sin. I am dead to sin. Sin has no dominion over you. Sin has no dominion over me. Are we doing okay so far? All right. This is, this is reality, though. This is not just theory. This is reality. This is how we see ourselves, okay? You live in the Father's love. I live in the Father's love. Okay. You have all authority in heaven and earth. I have authority. In heaven and earth. In heaven and earth. You, are you are anointed. With the Holy Ghost and power. I am anointed. With the Holy Ghost and power. You and the Father are one. I and my Father are one. The Holy Spirit 
Oh, here's a good one. This will test you, okay? The Holy Spirit performs what you say. The Holy Spirit performs what I say. Let's see. Everybody, anybody else balk at that a little bit? Yeah, you did. I felt it. I knew it. Because I know I do. But see, the caveat to that, it's not your will be done, it's his will be done. It's the Holy Ghost performing what his will is, all right? But you're yielding to his will, so the Holy Ghost performs what I say. You do the will of the Father. I do the will of my Father. All things are possible to you. All things are possible to me. You clearly hear the words of the Father. I clearly hear the words of my Father. You see what the Father is doing. I see what my Father is doing. You do what the Father does. I do what my Father does. All things are yours. All things are mine. We're joint heirs with Christ, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm asking. I'm, I've separated. <laughs> right? That's, that's scriptural, isn't it? Everything's his. Everything's ours. Okay? See, we, don't, we, we have religion. We don't have life. You walk in the light. I walk in the light. You are pure. I am pure. You do only righteousness. I do only righteousness. You love the Father. I love my Father. You love me. I love you. You love people. I love people. You live forever. I will live forever. Praise God. Amen. Is that good? I'm going to make those available. They'll be out next week. They'll be on the website by Tuesday, attached to the message. Uh, attached to the message. But, but see, those are things, if you believe that you have received his glory, what is that? It's who he is. When you look in the word like a mirror, you're looking at him. Who he is is who you've been made to be. As he was sent, you have been sent. His, his goal was duplication of himself. That was the goal. That was, we were without life, now you have life, amen? All right, we're gonna hit one more passage and we'll be done for today. You can go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter two. <clears throat> if you read a lot of Paul's letters, you'll catch a pattern uh, because he's trying, I mean, he doesn't preach one thing to one group and another thing to another group. And um, I mean, honestly, all of the New Testament is cohesive. Everything is, you can read Peter and hear Paul. You can hear James and hear John. You can hear John and hear Jesus. I mean, most of what Paul writes is expounding on what Jesus wrote. It's one gospel, amen? So there is no division at all. But you can, um, if you read a lot of Paul, you'll see the pattern. What he'll tend to do is he'll, he'll start with the foundation and he'll tell everybody that has received Christ, they'll, he'll tell them at the beginning of the book, this is who you've been made to be. 
And he'll start with the first couple chapters. This is the pattern he'll take. He says, you've been made this. You've been made that. This is all of what Christ did, all right? And then he'll switch and he says, now if you've been made this, then do this. If you've been made free from sin, then you walk free from sin. And in one place he says, don't, you, you, God will not be mocked whatever you sow you're going to reap, all right? You can't with one, out, one side of your mouth say one thing and then live another way. So look at Ephesians. We'll start here in chapter 2. You'll see this pattern here. And look for it in other books when you're reading the word in your private time, okay? Look at this, verse 1. And you, everybody say me. Hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation or our citizenship in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, okay? By our very nature, that's what we were, the children of wrath, even as others. Now here's verse four. This is the cross. This is what we could not do. This is the gift right here. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of works, I'm sorry, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Everybody say walk. Do you see that? Okay, so he starts out by building them up and saying, this is who you've been made to be. And skip ahead to chapter three, chapter four. Look at chapter four. By chapter four, he's transitioned completely. And he starts out chapter four saying this. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, that you walk, everybody say walk, walk, worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one or another in love. These are the fruit of the Spirit, are they not? These are the fruit of the Spirit exemplified, not just in theory, not just I believe that I am. Then he says walk in them, okay? Forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, okay? You could keep reading, but you get the picture. And here's where we're going to end, okay? Um, Those confessions that we said together, uh, there's a lot of things that we have been given in the Word of God that help aid our growth and our transformation. But I see that Jesus spoke the word. Everybody know that? Jesus spoke the word. He didn't just keep quiet. He spoke the word. He spoke the word when he was tempted, and he spoke the word when he faced temptations, tests, and trials. He spoke the word. 
And if we're going to follow Jesus, we're going to be a people that speaks the word. Okay. And through not only knowing the truth, but through speaking, through doing, it changes who we are. And it puts into practice what we believe. It doesn't just remain a theory. It's time to come out of that prayer closet and be who you're supposed to be all the time. It's time to be in, he's, and I, I don't want to go down this rabbit trail too far, but uh, I, I have been believing in this church, this church has always been first and foremost about revival. That's what, I'm not interested in anything else. If we, if God is not with us doing it, then why bother? I want, I want to get on board with him and do something that I couldn't do without him. I don't want to do something I can do. I want to do something he, he's wanting to do. I'm interested in only, a, a, the only objective I have is getting to a place where he and I are working together to do what I cannot. Because Jesus says, I of myself can do nothing. It's the Father in me that does the works. And see, revival has always been this kind of goal out there that I never, you just like, it's like a mile marker that you're never gonna quite get. That's the way it felt. And that's not true. Because right now, everybody say right now. You have been given, everybody say given. The very life of Christ and you have been anointed with his spirit and you presently are alive and you are in unity with the Father. And you can walk as though today, everybody say today, <laughs> we're in revival. Today, let's say that together. Today, I'm in revival. I don't see that in the future, Christ is coming. Christ is here. He abides in me. His word is in me. His life is in me. And revival is today and it's wherever I am. Amen? There's a change, there's a shift that I believe he's making in our perceptions because we are already born again. We already have been given everything we need. There's nothing that I, she, she was singing that. I didn't talk to her about this message. There's nothing that I have need of because there's nothing he hasn't already done. There's nothing. You have his life. Now walk in the life. That was the message. That was, that was the power that was in this. That they went about everywhere they took the gospel. There was a reverence and an awe for what was being preached because it was unlike anything they'd ever heard. It wasn't about, it wasn't about trying to reach God. God made you his child. He made it. And, and there was a free gift. And they says, you have been made this right now. Now walk in it. There was tremendous hope. There was tremendous grace. There was tremendous peace and joy and strength because they believed that what Jesus did was enough right then. And it yielded all kinds of fruit. And it's still going to yield all kinds of fruit. Amen. 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 So I'm going to make sure that you have those confessions. And if any of those things you felt resistance in your soul, speak them until they become who you are because they already are who you are. Your soul's just got to agree with it. Amen.
All right. Well, Father, we're so grateful for the truth that you've given us. We're so grateful that you have made us your sons and daughters. Father, I pray for a brand new, fresh reverence of that reality that we have been made your children. I thank you that you grow us up and, and un help us to understand the, uh, the change that took place and that we can walk in it, that we can believe you for great things right now. That's what the disciples did. They took this and they ran right off the bat. They believed that you were with them in the same way right off the bat. So Father, I thank you that miracles are short at hand, that the kingdom of God is at hand, that everything you are and everything you have is at hand because we are one with you. And we purpose, we purpose to yield to you every day, to follow you like you said, to listen for your voice, to pick up our cross, and we thank you that we are gonna be your disciples and we're gonna have everything you said we could have. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen.